You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays Podcast is back. My name is Brian Robb. We somehow reeled Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston back in here. and We got breaking news, B-Rob. I, I was ready to jump on. Listen, so I'm a gentleman, and you're the guest here, so I was going to go in three different der- potential topics and let you choose one, but it sounds <laughs> like we're minutes out right now of Isaiah Thomas signing a, a 10-day hardship deal, hardship exception deal with the Los Angeles Lakers um, just one night after he put up 42 points. I'm guessing, should I even go through the other options or should we just, is that where you want to No, begin? let's just start with IT. It has to be the cheeriest of the options. So um, like my initial reaction is always like, it's great when Isaiah Thomas is in the league. Uh, I didn't know what would come of this little G League experience, but um One of the benefits of all these injuries and COVID going around the NBA is there are openings. And so Isaiah is going to get at least what, I don't know how long these hardship exceptions last, but I don't even know if it's 10 days, 10 days. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he's going to get a few games to go out there and show what he can do. And this is, uh, this is the one and only time that Celtics fans will root for a Laker. And so (laughs) we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, good that he's back in the league. It was cool watching him. I mean, I, I know it's, and it, it's, you know, I always temper people. It's the G League. Like, you know, who is the last? I'm trying to think, of who, but that, I say that, and I'm trying to think, like, who was the last Celtic that went up and scored 40 points in the G League? So it's still something. And the guy is clearly motivated. Uh, I do not know what level of defense he can play, but like on the Lakers, who cares? Because they don't play any defense. So this might be the, a match made in heaven. Let IT go out there with the rest of those former All Stars and see what he can do. Well, my guess here is, and I, I would echo you on that front, but this means he's better than Rondo, right? Right now. Is that, is that what the Lakers are saying oh, yeah. if they're signing him to this deal? And I know they have a couple guys in COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard. Um, I want to say Malik Monk is in there too. What, so. even, even, even if they only had like, a, like one guy and he didn't play, like what's the harm? If you, right. got, the, if you, got, if you got room and, you've, and, and you're trying to take a flyer on a G League guy right now, you could do a lot worse than Isaiah Thomas. Is this LeBron like being after feeling so bad about how things went there a couple of years ago in Cleveland, just to seem like, <laughs> yeah. okay, let's, let's, uh, let's try to mend fences here. You know, let's, beat the Celtics, so. let's beat the Celtics to the punch here in terms of uh, our, our, our on-court apology. I, I actually thought it was going to be the Utah jazz side. Him, and then Danny was just going to have people like <laughs> in Boston, especially pissed off, you know, like, Oh my God, he went to Utah and he signed him. He said he would never sign him. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, I, I, good on the Lakers. Uh, someone had to give an opportunity and oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I just want to see it. 
And because, I mean, I've had so many people. I have a buddy I go off with every Sunday morning. And his son somehow got my number. And every time IT has a big night in the G League or, or like Team USA or like at the Y in Seattle, he texts and says, Celtics should sign him. And I said, look, I love nostalgia. Um, I know I like where your heart's at. Watching this team has been infuriating, but uh, I've not thought at any point that the answer to the Celtics problems has been necessarily go sign Isaiah Thomas. But I will say I have been nostalgic watching last week against Phoenix and what Jay Crowder did. And now watching these IT highlights, I do miss that sort of guys who don't care, who just go out there and grit and grind and play basketball and good things happen. So uh, I hope even on the Lakers where he's probably not going to rub off on them. Uh, I hope that he at least gets the opportunity to show that he's still an NBA player. And it, it hopefully it leads to something more permanent on a team that can foster his uh, reemergence because he does need, I mean, the one thing for it is he needs playing time and he needs shots. And so there's a very finite group of teams that can, can sort of allow him to, to get back to the level he was at. Right. And the Lakers have signed pretty much they've cornered the, like maybe they have something left veteran market. Yeah. Well, and that that's been pretty much their bench. And the answer is a lot of those guys don't have enough left. So um, again, if he shows that he can do it and the schedule coming up, I mean, he's going to face them. If he does get a chance in any of these games, he's going to face some legit teams. Lakers have the bulls on Sunday. Uh, the Suns, bulls got nobody. The bulls. bulls that's true. I know that's true. If the bulls are back, so that could be, you know, we'll certainly nope. take advantage of whoever's on that roster right now. Suns on Tuesday and then Christmas Ooh. day game against the Nets. Um, again, so we've got Harden uh, and company so, there. So first off, he's gonna he's gonna play well against the Bulls because they don't have anybody, and or they'll be coming back from COVID, and it'll be weird. Uh, the Suns, he's always got motivation against the Suns. If he doesn't get ejected That's from right. that game, uh, with no the Lakers game, he got ejected the first uh, the first time he was in a Celtics uniform. Right. Um, you know, if like, but going to Phoenix, he'll be fired up for that one. And uh, then Christmas Day, like a national stage for it. I mean, that is going to be super weird, right? Like the Celtics fans are going to be going bonkers rooting for him on Christmas Day. And yet it's, uh, we'll be rooting for the Lakers. It's weird. It's, I don't know. I mean, you say the, you know, this, could the Celtics have used, and we don't want to go down this road here because they have a, a full roster right now, but um, they certainly could use three-point shooters. And mm-hmm. uh, one other sidebar to this conversation is, I mean, Jabari Parker, I think that the, the, the contract <laughs> guarantee date is in a couple of weeks. And I hope Jabari is renting um, uh, because keeping that spot open is probably, I imagine, especially with Grant Williams emergence here, which has made Jabari Parker just a complete afterthought now. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine them not, you know, holding this roster full heading into the, the heart of trade season here. I wonder what the, the if, if someone, if like, one of your, 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 your old points bet or uh, uh, Bovada or whatever, if they had, would have given us a line bet online, on bet online here on bet online on bet online, AG, <laughs> uh, if they would have given us a, a, a betting line for the first Celtics player to be referenced on December 16th, 2021 podcast would be Jabari Parker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do agree. Um, in hindsight, I think we're all sitting here and, and I mean, all right, so we're going to mention Jabari Parker. I'm now going to ma- mention Garrison Matthews. Yes. And that's someone um, you really should. That's a fair mention here. Yeah. Like, right. Like it, I think we all sit here and say the same thing. It's like, we even thought at the time, how can a roster so flawed without shooting possibly pass on a guy? But then unfortunately Jabari had that good preseason game and it's sort of, and I know he's had moments where he's coming and giving you offense, but for a team that's so desperately needed three point shooting, it, it felt like they were 
they were short-sighted in that instance. And uh, yeah, it's fair to look back and be like, uh, could he have helped? And so what did I, 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 I know Isaiah had 42. What, what did he shoot from three? Was he, was he good? I'll have to look it up. I know his overall, I think he was like very, he was above 50% from the field. So Which, it was right. certainly like, you know, efficient um, volume there. So that's something yeah. where, you know, you can't, you know, guys put up 42 points and are taking 35 shots in the G league. That's right, like, right, right. Yeah. I, I know it was, I, I knew it was efficient. I didn't know if he was like, you know, two for seven behind the three point arc. Um, you know, I don't know. We, we can sit here and debate all day about whether 16 what, to 30 been... from the floor. So wow, 30, shots. Miss, yeah, 30 shots. So I but still, not... making half of them. That's right, something. Half of them. Got to the line a little bit. Um, eight assists, six rebounds. We'll see. Which is really crazy. Like, I, and I know G League games can can be wild, but forty two points and eight assists. Um, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of points from one guy and uh, a lot of production. So, good on him. I I, I keep saying it. I I do I, 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 you know, in an ideal world, if the Celtics had gone into you know kind of reboot mode, okay, you know, then you consider it. Or and I don't, but like it's it, it would be nothing more than nostalgia. And now, like, I want to see him get an honest to goodness chance to prove himself and find the right spot. And I can't tell you off the top of my head what that is. It's probably a team that, I don't know, that needs a little bench scoring that can give him minutes. Um, I'd have to go through it. I don't know. What, I thought what, it might be. Hot. So he signed with the Denver G League affiliate. And right. I thought that Denver would be, I mean, he played there once before. They're obviously super yeah. shorthanded offense with, with Murray and Porter Jr. down for the year. So I thought, oh, okay, like from, from a strategic standpoint for him, I thought that, oh, that made sense. That's a place where, you know, maybe you get, you know, acclimated the system again. Yeah. And they gave give you a shot, but great. Yeah. These hardship exemptions, like you said, like if teams are going to need bodies here then in the next month or two, so, you know, take a flyer, take a flyer. Yeah. And certainly right. that's the place you sit. So good for Isaiah. Again, his first, first game comes against the T wolves. I believe tomorrow if the signing is official here. Yeah. Tomorrow night. So, um, will be a fun little league pass, baby. League pass. Lakers are probably on national TV for most of these games. Anyway. Yeah. So, true. True. Uh, People will get a shot here. Let's take a break to talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues to march to the playoffs, here Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action this year. You can head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on the first deposit. You can use our promo code CONS50 to receive that bonus from basketball football, NHL, boxing, UFC, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to play all of your favorite sports and to bet them. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we knocked out number one there. Perfect. Next up, we talking Danny Ainge? Mm-hmm. Are we filtering through... Factor fiction, Celtics trade rumor, trade season week. Ooh, I think we made that. So if people know factor fiction is coming, they're gonna they're gonna stay through. So let's get our Danny Ainge hot takes out of the way before before we get to uh, factor fiction trade trade hoopla. Well, first of all, I'm I'm upset that you did not get credit for, <laughs> for breaking the story after your your lengthy exclusive of Danny Ainge at mm. the uh, tradition at the Garden that night um or was it was it last was that even a week ago two weeks ago last uh yeah i don't even know what day it was wednesday last thursday i don't even know but uh yeah so it was funny because like i wasn't even sure 
we had obviously heard everyone speculated in the aftermath of Portland's um, moves, like, oh, could Danny Ainge go home to his real home? Um, and to me, it just never made a lot of sense because Oregon might Oregon might be home, but he's never. He's not. It's not like he goes there. It's not right. like he's he's in a rush to go home. Utah is home for Danny Ainge, uh, pretty much for most of his life, and and obviously Boston for the last eighteen years and and all that. But um, you know, as soon as I heard, and uh, you know, I see him up there, and he says, "I'm I'm uh, I'm living back in Utah." I said, "Well, <laughs> I know how this ends." <laughs> so uh, he, uh, he if, if I can piece together the timeline, he said that him and Ryan Smith started talking about it in the Bahamas, which he had just gotten back from when before the Garden. So uh, it was on his mind, and I, I, you know, I thought it was interesting how quickly he launched into uh, my question. I didn't downplay it at all. Didn't try to hide that he was wanting to get back in. Um, you know, he can say he needed the six months and try and save the Celtics some grief here, but uh, I'm pretty sure probably six days after he retired, the uh, he was ready to come back and, and be in basketball because Danny Ainge is all he knows. And uh, so he gets a chance here. I think it's the perfect role. I don't think he's going to have to do too much heavy lifting, but he's going to get a lot of say in what they do and be able to, you know, uh, help them out with decisions and, um, you know, it still doesn't have to be the guy on the day-to-day basis. So um, I can't wait to see what he does because the one thing is though, is like this roster is pretty set, you know, even as I start trying to do the, who should Danny Ainge trade to Boston? Uh, and I know people want Donovan Mitchell, but that's not happening. Uh, it's hard for me to find players that make sense to, to sort of swap or swap around or, you know, uh, I'm sure there'll be conversations. Uh, I mean, father and son have to talk over the Christmas holidays, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know necessarily that there's a, that there's an obvious, hey, Danny can can make this happen. I. I did joke with you yesterday. I said, I, I do wish the Celtics still like Carson Edwards on the roster so that the Celtics <laughs> could have traded him for Joe Ingles. <laughs> That's too I mean, Danny loves him that much. He could have, he would have, uh, would have helped out his team, but uh, no, no it, 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 just to put a bow on this, like in general, I'm thrilled for Danny. Uh, I think it's no secret how much uh, I like Danny, uh, how much like uh, I, you know, I, I've, we have a lot of similar interests with golf and all, whatever, but um, I never thought he was, just going to disappear from basketball completely. I always kind of wondered in the back of my mind if he would ever come back, you know, seeing him sitting there at the Celtics at summer league. And I thought maybe there would be a, maybe, I don't know, what do you bring him back as a special advisor? Maybe that, that couldn't happen right in the aftermath. Cause you need to give Brad the runway to, to, to be his own guy and, and all that. But um, you know, it's good that Danny found the, probably the perfect opportunity for him, the perfect opportunity for his family. Uh, and if anyone is surprised, uh, you should not be surprised. Yeah, there's once once I spotted Danny Ainge in summer league and like the first day of summer league in Vegas, I was, <laughs> I was like, all right, so this is yeah. like you're already itching to get back here, which it makes sense. But, you know, he like you said, it's kind of seems like the perfect role for him in terms of, you know, he I think you you get the say without having to do, you know, the day to day minutia, which is required of nope. GMs these days. And just one quick thing, like we don't really know, like every team is different with their titles. Like he right. has a, a, an amalgam of Pagliuca, Gotham and Zarin with this job, right? Like he's the alternate governor, which is Pags. He's the CEO, CEO. like Gotham and he's, but he's going to have say in basketball decisions. So he's sort of like an assistant GM, but is he making the final decisions? They wouldn't say that. I mean, Ryan Smith has asked this multiple times and wouldn't say it's going to be collaborative. The answer is yes. The answer is to say, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think yes, but you're not going to say that publicly to undercut your GM and Justin, Justin Zanuck yeah. because that's obviously does not, you know, if he's, if he's handling all the phone calls and stuff like that, then that's going to be a pain in the butt for him to have that 
you know, our order of operations be set out like that. So I, my guess so that's, is that's, like, put, that's the fascinating part to me because, you know, that's, that's a little unique sliding someone in on a team that has is again, pretty set. And, you know, but they have, they are not set in the playoffs though. They're set. They're a great True. regular season team. True. But there's a reason why the, the old, like Dennis Lindsay, the guy they, you know, who, who left last off season under, you know, kind of similar terms in terms of age, in terms of going into a consulting role and then kind of being drifting off there. They, this had been a team that had been played up year after year and then have had underwhelming result after underwhelming mm-hmm. result in the postseason. So the regular season roster is very much set, but I think Angel's probably coming in here being like, Hey, like Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles is not going to get you to NBA finals. Right. Uh, on off your bench or whatever, or Hassan Whiteside is not gonna is not the answer here if we you know want to get past the Warriors um, and get to the finals. So that that's so who, where I think things are gonna get interesting. Who are they trading for us for Romeo Langford then? Lockdown defense. Well, no, I think they're. I mean, they're trading like for a win now. Let's say the Celtics turn into you know things don't go well the next month, and the Celtics turn into like not full sellers, but like hey, we're we have these veteran pieces guys are available um, if it helps us for the future here. What do you think the first call that age makes for someone on the Celtics roster in that mold? First player on the Celtics roster. Well, he knows, he knows Jalen and Jalen, Jason and Jalen are unavailable. Correct. Um, Schroeder does not help them with anything they need. Uh, Oh, Josh Richardson. I didn't say Richardson or smart. Oh, I didn't even think of smart. You were you were angling for smart. Um, that's interesting. Uh, who do they giving up? I mean, for that, I would say the Celtics would probably take like filler in a first round pick, maybe like maybe not for smart. Maybe you want something more for smart. And I don't know if you're giving that up much up for Richardson. So I have to look at. They don't even have a. There's not really a young, intriguing guy in that roster, right? That no, and, and that's part of the, like, when I was going through it, there was nobody that I said makes sense for a playoff team to sort of move on from. Um, and But the, I do like the idea of the pick, because if you're Utah and you're going to be the 25th pick, 26th pick or something. Right, like you got to um, move that pick to fortify things. And the Celtics would love that, because that's the exact type of first-round pick they need to target to get, you know, to just bundle. Oh, yeah, now we're giving up five first-round picks, but, you know. One's the 26 pick, which, um, you know, obviously has hit or miss returns. So, yeah, that's that's intriguing. All right, B-Rob, you sold me on that one. Now I can see that call being made. I just don't – I need to I need to figure out the parts. I, I think they may – yeah, maybe he starts with with asking for smart. Um, but then the conversation shifts to to Romeo Langford and Romy, getting Romy in the in the Utah Jazz system. I guess it's like do you – who do you think is better for the playoffs, like Clarkson or Smart? in the big picture. Like it's, you can make the, you can make the case for East. I mean, Clark, I mean, it's obviously what right. the floor you're looking so, for. Like what matters more? What do they need more of? My guess is they clearly, they, they clearly defense. need defense. Yeah. Like, I mean, you put smart and go bear on the court for a combined 60 minutes a night. Like that's a really good, that's that, that gives you a chance to play defense at a level that they're going to need to play and they make enough shots. You know, I feel like they can sacrifice offense. Um, you know, that's why I was like tempted to try and find a shooter. The Celtics could pluck, but you don't want expiring angles. You don't want, um, they're not going to take a lot of angles. Yeah. So that'd be fun to watch. Like in terms of like someone who, you know, he's, he's, he's too old though. Cause they're not, they're not going to go out. Like, yeah. And, I, and I'm sure we'll get into this with, with, with factor fiction trades, but like one of the things I've started kind of shifting my head to about Schroeder is 
because you're not going to get a great draft pick for him, but can you get a shooter and one that you can actually retain beyond this season instead of just letting him like Schroeder has to walk. There's no clear pathway, but could you trade him to Atlanta um, and take back DeLon Wright? And like, then you have rights, rights, yeah. weird. but uh, <laughs> so you have at least have a, a chance to resign him, re- retain him beyond this season. If it, if it fits right. Right. And so I, I, I guess that's what I, where I'm at with that is that uh, I would like to see if, if the Celtics make a move, it's okay to get a shooter that they can retain long-term. Yeah. I mean, you're right. it's all about if you get a guy who's on expiring deal, but you, but the bird rights come attached to your point. Exactly. That's which, has kind of happened in past years, like way, you know, probably which we're talking 2014, 2015 era, where they signed, you know, a lot of, you know, got a lot of trade pieces there and then ended up signing a lot of those guys to two year or three year deals because they just mm-hmm. had, you know, those bird, like whether it was, I don't know, like someone like these, this is not the type of player, but like Jarebko, something like that. Like you get a guy in expiring, you get a look at them and then you're like, oh yeah, that, that, that kind of works, but we'll, we'll keep him around for a year or two and see how that goes. So that is, that's going to be something if all those parts in the market are going to be watched, but from Utah's perspective, from Ainge's perspective, it will be fascinating to see how his philosophy impacts what they do. Cause at the same time, he's very much of the let's keep everything together in place. Like right. let's not mess with the group during the year philosophy in Boston for a lot of those years. Um, and we saw that, you know, that tactic didn't necessarily work out in recent years. But we do know that every GM, no matter who it is, when they go to a new situation always feels a desire to put an immediate imprint on it. Like Danny can't just take this job, sit there, watch them do whatever, you know, say they want a title and then feel like he would, he could take credit for it unless he makes the move that puts them over the top to get that title. So I do think we'll see something of a defensive improvement. Um, I'll have to check what, what's uh how's justice Winslow doing in, uh, Terrible. in, yeah. So, all right. I'm just trying to go down. The, we're, we're, we're Robert Swift. I, you know, we, we go, we go way down the wormhole here of, of Danny Ainge uh, love targets. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's his job to figure out how to infuse some defense onto this team. And uh, man, now you got me thinking about how he'll make a play. All right. Last question I answer. Does this, does his return here put any more pressure just on Brad and, or the Celtics like, brass in general here in terms of like they have you know big decisions coming up not to, i mean it's they were coming regardless for the next 12 to 18 months here as they try to maximize this group around their their all-stars but now it's like okay you're the guy that was running the show is now running the show for you know uh, a better team yeah um out west and so that does that change anything in terms of like how they deal with anything i you know it, look it i think it puts pressure on them in terms of we're all sitting here today saying man sure seems like danny wanted to stay in basketball and i don't know what that does you heard brad go on the radio this morning and say he was in four style this was something there they talked about for two months in advance of danny's decision to step down and that might all very well be true i think danny is aware enough to know in the moment that things were going bad and that changes were coming and that he could be part of that um, and maybe it was like, Hey, you know, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to let Danny go out on his own terms. And it's like, it's not black or white. It's not like Danny Ainge right. was fired. It wasn't like Danny Ainge decided to walk away. It's somewhere in the middle as most things are in life. And, um, you know, it's just, I think what it does now is, is especially if Utah has success, 
um, yeah, it does. It probably does make the Celtics sit there and go, wow. All right. Danny Ainge is out there making moves and, and putting this team in better contention. Like what do they got to do? But as you said, moves were coming anyway. So um, I'm not sure what I will say this one thing. When you, as you're saying that I remember one thing Brad Stevens told me in the preseason when we sat down uh, on media day, it was um, he, at some point in his, 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 his basketball career, he just got like not unafraid of failure. And, you know, like all of us have some certain degree of, you know, trepidation in what we do because of the fear of whether it's rejection or fear of like falling on your face or just, you know, but there comes a point where you've accomplished enough, where you're securing enough in yourself, where you just sort of go for it. And I think Brad is at a point now where like, he doesn't know how this is going to go. Like he can't possibly know that he's been a coach his whole life. And now he's been thrust into a whole new role. But I think he had the confidence that based on his basketball IQ, based on observing the role of that job, that he could be good at it. And so we'll find out because um, he's got one big swing left and uh, at least for this core, and then things get really crazy. So uh, there's a little bit of pressure there inherent. And uh, I think he's ready for, for whatever's ahead. All right, let's move on to factor fishing. This is, a, we'll make I'm this a simple this. game here. This is really, you know, there's, there's been multiple reports this week as trade season has started up. There's one report, um, I think it's from Bleach Report officially, um, where the consideration to, to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum was starting to giving in 12 to 18 months, which is honestly a lifetime away, <laughs> was, was given us a ballpark there. Um, time range in terms of what's going to happen in terms of these two potentially being split apart with Jalen being one going out the door. And then there's the other side of the coin where – Matt Moore of the Action Network reported today or last night on Wednesday that actually Celtics trade talk so far from what he is hearing is involving getting a third star to put around Tatum and Brown. You have to pick two paths there or one of the two paths to go down, Chris. And I want you to answer two questions of like, which one do you like? Which one do you think is more realistic? And Mm -hmm. two, what are the, of the, if you pick one of the five, what are the actual chances of that happening within the next season? Because I think okay. that you can go very different directions on those. On those yeah. Things. So my general philosophy has been, and what I've screamed on my air as loud as possible is um, my read on the Celtics is that they will do everything possible to make this tandem work. And that will be the last bridge detonated among the changes. Now, I mean, you can easily say, okay, if it hasn't worked in 18 months, yeah, I think they got to blow it up. But um, I think the first, the first thing here will be small tweaks. And, you know, I don't know how realistic the third star is on the fly here this season. Um, you know, maybe I, I, it's just like, so, okay, what, let's try a roadmap. You said how realistic, like Bradley Beal, the, the, the Wizards just are like, all right, fine. Bradley Beal's in a slump. Uh, this is the guy of our future anymore. We're not going to wait around for him to sign the Supermax. We're just going to, we're going to move on right now. What, what are you trading the Wizards? Al Horford, four first round picks and Peyton Pritchard. Like, I don't, I, I think they're going to, they're, they're, again, they'll feel like they can get more than that or, and maybe they can. Uh, so I don't think necessarily getting this third star in the stream of this year is super realistic, but wild things could happen and somebody could come on the market. Maybe they make a play along the way. Maybe Detroit gets stupid and trades Jeremy Grant or, um, you know, but maybe Sabonis is out there and you figure out a package that would entice Indiana, even though, again, I, I don't know if the Celtics have 
the assets to do something right now. I think there has to be steps before that. So my long-winded way of saying, I think the first step is you trade Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson and you start getting assets and you see what else is out there. And maybe you do have to think hard about Marcus Smart at the trade deadline. If by February, you're like, you know, is he the point guard of the future? We don't know. Um, and, and so those are, those are the first moves that happen. Um, I, I do not foresee in any timeline, any, any, anything I can see into the future of Jason and Jalen being broken apart. And I think it's just a little bit of over-caffeinated speculation at a time when Jalen wasn't even on the court, which is, which is weird. <laughs> that, I mean, that's the perfect retort to that being like, okay, yeah, so let's yeah. So they go one and four, fat them on a road trip. It's like, yeah, that's, this is it. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, let's gonna, blow this up. Like, <laughs> there's been a lot of other, not that they've played great together on the floor this year, but like, this is, you know, this is a sign that you're not watching the team much this year. Whoever you're talking to isn't talking, you know, watching the team much this year. It, can I say this? It's been a rough year for anonymous sources. Yeah. They're getting <laughs> like, shadier. I mean, like it's, it's pretty easy to, to leave, to read the tea leaves in terms of like who's throwing crap against the wall and who actually, you know, might have something here, or at least is, yeah. you know, and sometimes those aren't right regardless, but it's becoming yeah. as more and more stuff gets out there. I think it's becoming hopefully easier for people to differentiate what, what's what. And, and, and am I wrong? Are you with me here? Like, I, I think we're on the same page in terms of how we think this plays out. Um, you know, I think the, the, the complicating factor, of course, is if they do get hot here for the next nine games and all of a sudden you look up at the start of January and, you know, do you want to move Schroeder? Do you want to move Richardson? You know, I think there's a world where even as they try to make a playoff push, they still make those moves because you just have to go into asset accumulation mode. And if there's just no roadway for, for, for Schroeder to be here long-term, I think you got to make the move. Um, you know, maybe Richardson's a little bit easier of a decision because he'll still have another year and he can get to the summer and figure that out down the road. But um, yeah, I just, I just think like we're still in, in exploratory mode here. Like is Marcus Smart the right guy for this core? Well, the, the numbers with the core four on the, on the floor have been great this year, you know, and um, you know, but, but sure. Like even the president of Rob Williams fan club will relent. Like I need to see it over a longer stretch before I'm ready to say like, this is unequivocally the mix of players, but um, yeah, if you could find a point guard that intrigues you, a foreman that intrigues you, like maybe there's a big move to be made, but uh, Celtics got to do some work first before they cross that bridge. You better watch out. Grant Williams is going to be sending Rob Williams to the bench. Oh, this point. You know what? I, I, I should not speak disrespectful. I, it's, it's only a matter of time. When does he replace Al in the starting lineup? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll say over under like January 15th if he keeps this up. That'd okay. be the. And that's because because I honestly you don't bring up Al. I think Al, if you're gonna move parts, I think and we know how to talk about it earlier. I think Al very much needs to be, you know, you have to dangle him out there. Oh, for sure. And see if you could get the Warriors or something like that to bite as this is like this is the guy to put you over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm with you in terms of the Brown and Tatum getting the third star. I think it's pretty much impossible this season, just based on like you said, the the assets you have, they have, no one on this team outside of Grant Williams has really gained any value in terms of this season. Um, and that, and Grant Williams is upside as what a good reserve. Like that's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, tip the scales at all for any type of player that you're going for here. So you're, I think you're still, your hope with any of these guys, Beal, et cetera, is in the off season. They say they want out and they push to go to Boston to, to yep. play with those guys. And sure, the others can knock down, knock on some doors in the meantime and see 
you know, what's out there and if someone is desperate to move it. But even for a guy like Sabonis, I don't think even if there is a, a trade to be made there in theory, like, is that the third piece that puts you? No, it, no and, and that's I my like problem to, too. Right? Is, Sabon- is a Sabonis Rob front court work? Like, no. I don't know. No, you know? And, and so, okay. So people will say, well, then just trade Rob. Well, that's fine. But, you know, now we're talking about eroding kind of two pieces of your depth up front, you know, and like for Sabonis, I just, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know if that, if that works. That's why the, the, the stretch for the, the versatile four will always be the most intriguing spot for me because um, you need somebody who can stretch the floor and let Rob play near the basket. Um, someone who can be switchy with Jalen and Jason. And I think that's your best roadmap to, to being successful. That's why, you know, even last year when we were talking about Harrison Barnes as a, as a lower level, and it wasn't going to be third star, but he was going to be, you know, a piece they needed. Jeremy Grant, certainly in that conversation, because I have no clue what Detroit's trying to accomplish, but um, yeah. Have you looked at their, I, I looked at them last night when he got hurt, like they've lost like 12 games in a row. Do you know Dwayne Casey's been there for like four years now? Oh my God. And like, yeah, like it's, I feel bad for him because you just look at their team right now. They have like, Olenek's been out for like a, a month apparently and no one on the team, you think no one on the Celtics can shoot. Look at, they have like oh boy. 10 guys that shoot under 33% from three. Whoa, well, how's Sadiq Bey doing? Terrible. He's had a terrible year right now. Sophomore so, slump, baby. It's it's real for everybody. You know, yeah, him, he, he and Peyton have been hanging out at the same spot with Nisa. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like Grant Williams show that, that, uh, sometimes you have to wait till year three to, to really hit that ramp. Right. So it's, um, it, it so is, what do like, they do? What does Detroit do? I don't I mean, you, you said, <laughs> but now Jeremy Grant's hurt on top of it. So it's like, who are yes. they like? There's, there's literally nothing to sell on that team. If, if Grant's hurt. So it's, it's, I mean, they could trade Grant, right? Like, I mean, some people would oh, have to I mean, they should trade Grant unless he like yeah. signs a long-term extension with them. But he's, I mean, he's old enough for it. They probably even shouldn't do that. He's like, out, he's outside their range now. Like he's, yeah. his, his age, I mean, I know he's not super old, but, and, but uh, he's the exact fit for the Celtics, that age range that would pair well with the Jays and not with a team that's trying to build around 19 year olds and be good in three years. So uh, I wish the Celtics, this is where if, Aaron Neesmith was a little bit more developed if Peyton Pritchard wasn't 23 and not playing. And if, you know, the Celtics had a, a bunch of at least decent first round picks, you'd be intrigued, but um, yeah, you don't have a lot to dangle right now. And, and that's too bad because they have been sort of in the game for a few years now and ha- the re- right deal just never came along uh, or they, you know, or they didn't make the right deal. And now uh, you've sort of got to, you've got to get back in accumulation mode. Well, and first, we're going to see that valuation mode continue here at the Garden. 14 of the next 19 at home here in the next month, starting with the Golden State Warriors on Friday, uh, Knicks Saturday, Sixers Monday, a good, a plucky Cavs team on Wednesday. And then I guess they, they get to dodge uh, Giannis and company Ooh, uh, in Milwaukee. Right. Um, are, are Kemba and Evan Fournier going to like emerge from some cocoon and be awesome again on Saturday? <laughs> I mean, the Knicks had like four guys in COVID protocols. Kemba was still locked to the bench there. So mm-hmm. it, that's it's crazy. I mean, and Fournier well, has not been good. Fournier, last, no. so. he might be next to him on the bench in another couple of weeks. Like it's, it's in terms of so, Brad so, Stevens so, moves here. I, I want to throw that one at you as we, as, uh, because I, 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 I've been thinking about this. And so uh, when I asked Danny the other night, I said, what do you, what have you thought of Brad's uh, for, you know, first few months on the job. And he was very complimentary and, and mostly of the moves like Schroeder and Richardson. Um, 
But, you know, really the, the, the big moves that he made was trading Kemba and uh, letting Evan Fournier walk. And they were, look, I think it was rightfully so. There was reason to be like, you know, is this the right move? And like, as they struggled offensively, we've sat here and said, Ugh. but did, did Brad nail those? Or was it just, you know, they were, they were the, they were the moves that he had to make anyway. And he just like, he, it looks better yeah. because they're not, they're not playing well. Right. I mean, I think the, the Kemba move had to, if you want to do anything with where the payroll was like Kemba had either he had to, had to go or there needed to be a buyout situation there. Right. Um, which, you know, I'd, I'd heard that, you know, rumblings of that towards the end of last season of, you know, and, but that's obviously a very awkward situation. Um, and does not look good from a publicity standpoint for this. It's much easier for the Thunder to do that than the Celtics to do that. Sure. With that said, but you'd have, you'd have a first round pick. You, you know, know, right, you know. right. As Ryan pointed out, you know, last week when we were talking about it, like Sangoon, I mean, not, not that they're going to definitely take him, but like in, in Houston, he looks very good right now. Yeah. And so you wonder if like, if you nail that pick, would it be worth like, you know, One year, if it, yeah. another year of, of, of Kemba, like probably like if that guy turns into something and like, you can, and Campbell would eventually take a buyout if you kind of did the same situation that the Knicks are doing with him right now. Um, so I guess you can't fully answer this until you find out what happens with Horford um, and what happens with this team. Like if he, if once that's answered, then you can better evaluate it. But yeah, like I'd say right now, like it, he certainly did well from the talent standpoint in terms of being like, yeah, Horford better fit than Kemba, but how the rest of this team performs in the next year or two will be the answer in terms of was that the right move to pull? Will Brad use his trade exceptions in the next couple of months? I don't, I don't think so. Cause I don't think so they're the, going to. So, so essentially we're looking at a point and it wouldn't be, it wouldn't totally be Brad's fault. Well, two of the second round picks would be Brad's fault, but uh, where the Celtics paid four second round picks to watch um, the Gordon <laughs> Hayward trade exception is essentially turn into vapor. Yeah. That would be to turn into to Josh Richardson getting slow up yeah it's uh not great not great management of the and but again mm. it comes down to payroll i mean honestly it's gonna come down to ownership if ownership is yeah. saying like well well yeah we'll use tpe like we'll pay another five or ten million dollars in the tax i for this team i not don't see that happening no so they're, any, they're... maybe they create some new ones when they trade like they'll take someone in that trade exception mm. and send some and it'll literally send them like send wancho out or whatever and then you yeah. you kind of kick the can on them but honestly i would I wouldn't expect anything to happen with those until the off season. I was trying to think. So like the other teams that have there, there are like a few teams out there that have trade exceptions. So that's where I started trying to direct Schroeder or, you know, anybody. So uh, could Schroeder play in Dallas? They're always looking for like a, another guard, right? You know, yeah. a little bench scoring. So I was thinking like Trey Burke comes back, you know, again, same deal. You could, you could, you could probably try to bring him back next year. Um, right. You know, I don't know. Like I'm, those are the moves I'm, that I'm left. And I know those aren't sexy. I know those aren't Sabonis and Jeremy Grant and all that, but I think that's the path where we're about to hoe here with, uh, with the Celtics and, and trying to figure out, you know, anybody who can shoot above 36% beyond the three point arc and, uh, and maybe be steady. Uh, what is a Schmidt up to? Can we we trade, can we trade anybody for a Schmidt based on his production inside TD garden? It's those little, if Brad goes down those roads, since that's go back to Docker Rosera in terms of finding the guys <laughs> that would always burn the seats. But I think for now, what we'll see is another few weeks of evaluation mode for both the yep. Celtics and around the league. And then there'll be a probably a, a 
a more direct line in between the buyers and the sellers there. And then I do think above else, I do think this would not be a quiet next two months. I think there'll be, mm. you know, cause I think that's probably the worst thing you do is just do nothing um, with the way this team has looked right now, because with the guys that are wasting away in the bench and the guys that may have built some value for themselves that might not last um, it's kind of, will probably be time to cash in there, but and, we, and just to put a just to put a bow on that, like one hundred percent, because as Schroeder goes back to the bench and had a two for ten night the other night, like maybe yeah. after a good starting, you try to find the best bidder right now and move. Um, and the one thing I think that will help the Celtics moving forward is that with the plan, just like there's ten teams in each conference that irrationally believe they have a chance, and the Celtics should trade more cautiously than any of those other nineteen. Uh, being one of them and hopefully uh, they use that as an advantage to 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 take it to, to find deals that uh, you know because more teams think they're buyers than sellers and so it could be a seller's market those Minnesota Wolves they need to get in that playing game and they need Ooh. to give up some value for Schroeder or Richardson or whoever else they could they could use it they're out they're now Horford away from a top six spot <laughs> Does Al Horford play 40 minutes against the, the Golden State Warriors to try and entice them to, to, to take him? I don't know. I mean, those are the things that I start thinking about going into these games. No, that would be uh, – that would be. we'll find out 24 hours away here. But Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, he will be – do you guys have the game tomorrow night? We do. I think it's, it's nice. a shared game. So if, uh, if you're forced, if you're, if you're a little clicker when you're loading the game, says which one to watch – you know where to go people like if I mean, you don't get you don't get me in my webex box on no. any other network so uh come check out my uh nerdy stat of the night and then uh you know i will pay you money and also for you're not going to get hard-hitting video analysis on espn like grant williams slapping <laughs> the, the 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 hand of players of opposing teams on free throw attempts to draw the delay again that kind of nitty-gritty important analysis <laughs> From Chris I Harden. only noticed it. I only noticed it because it was so weird when he did it to Drew Holiday. I was like, and I was trying to think, does he know? Like, usually you see that like somebody knows somebody is like friends with them, but then he did it to Connaught, uh, Connaughton. I can't say, I can't stop yeah. saying Connaughton. Connaughton. <laughs> and um, I really want to pronounce it phonetically, even though he's from here. Um, and I thought it was so funny. And then they gave, they gave him the delay at the game tack and it was hilarious. Good God bless him. Creative Grant. Creative. <laughs> NB, the Player Association must be proud for that kind of behavior from a <laughs> VP, but again, that's you only get that NBC Sports Boston. Check out Forsberg there, pregame posts, and on the website as well. As always, uh, check us out here at the Winning Place Pod on iTunes, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. You guys continue to listen, we appreciate that, and we'll continue to have rotate great folks like Forsberg, Cranbernoni, and the rest of the crew through the holidays here as we as trade season heats up. So Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.